You are getting sleepy. Your CPAP mask is clamped tightly to your face. You will not toss and turn through the whooshing. You will not throw the mask. It's not working, Harold. People who struggle with CPAP have partners who struggle too. Luckily, now there's Inspire. No mask, no hose, just sleep. When I snap my fingers, you will remember to visit InspireSleep.com. Inspire is not for everyone. Talk to your doctor to see if it's right for you and review important safety information at InspireSleep.com. Hi, this is Marissa Meyer. And this is Delaney. And this is Sloan. And you're listening to the Prince Kai Fan Pod. Hello, welcome to episode 85 of the Prince Kai Fan Pod, a Marissa Meyer book club podcast. This episode is brought to you by Rampian Crew patron supporters. Thank you. I will be your host for this evening, Bethany. Just kidding. I'm actually not your host for this evening. Today's host is Patreon Crew, Rampian Crew, I can't talk member. <laughs> Today's host is Sarah, who is a Rampian Crew patron supporter. Sarah, tell everybody what this episode is, because it's so Patreon members get to do bonus episodes with me, and I let them pick a topic, and this was all your idea, so you just tell us everything. Hi, everybody. Uh, shout out to the Rampian crew. We're so excited. So today's episode is going to be really, really fun. I thought it would be really fun to have like an interview episode where we get to know our intrepid host a little bit better than we already do. Um, the Patreon members get to know her pretty well because we have a Instagram chat and a and a Discord group and all sorts of fun things that we do. We get the Zoom meetings. But everybody else doesn't always get to know her the way we do. So I thought it would be fun if everybody got to know some things about her. And Patreon supporters, don't worry. I did sprinkle in some questions that we probably don't know the answers to. So <laughs> it will not be everything that we already know that Bethany's telling the world today. <laughs> I like how you say Bethany's telling the world like everyone is listening with bated breath. Like, <laughs> can't get, to, can't wait to get to know this random girl who likes Lunar Chronicles. <laughs> yes. Hey, you are the Lunar Chronicles podcaster. So yes, it's very exciting. <laughs> So I wanted to start with, you always start and interview your guests. You always ask how they came across Marissa Meyer and what their first experience was with it. And so I want to know that about you. So I love fairy tale adaptations uh, ever since I read Ella Enchanted and just Ella, which I read in junior high school, high school, somewhere around there. And I was walking around Tarjay. And I saw the cover, the original cover with the the foot and the shoe and the word cinder. And I was like, oh, okay, buying this. And obviously it was a Cinderella retelling. I didn't even read the back. I just knew it was a Cinderella retelling. I could tell it was YA. So I was like, done. When I read it, the second book had already come out. So I went to Walmart at like I think it was like 1.30 in the morning or something like that because I just had to get the sequel. Um, and then I had to wait like eight months for Cress. And uh, after that, it's just been pre-order, pre-order, pre-order. And I think my first experience reading through Cinder was a lot of like, wow, what an interesting way to tell a Cinderella story. Because obviously it is a Cinderella story, but there's so much depth into Cinderella as a character. So much more than just like, 
what we get with like the Disney surface level. And she has all these different emotions that we never see before. And one of the things I think I've mentioned nine, maybe 10,000 times on the podcast is that (laughs) I appreciate her, her sass and that she advocates for herself and she's not killing everybody with kindness. She's not like just taking it one day at a time. She's, she's happy to smart off and she's happy to talk back. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that so much as a leading character because a lot of Cinderella retellings, it's like she's this shy, soft person. And not that like Cinder is abrasive or anything, but she's quick to stick up for herself. And we need that in a protagonist. I, I definitely, that's one of the things I love most about Cinder. She is probably my favorite TLC character. Um, maybe my second favorite TLC character, but um, I really love that she is just very genuine and she is not like kindness is not her game. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so I, I love it for the same reasons. It's a fantastic retelling. So talk to us about why you started the podcast. Well, I love podcasts and I love serialized podcasts. So podcasts that do chapter by chapter discussion or episode by episode discussion. So like I love Stay Beautiful, which is a How I Met Your Mother podcast where they do every episode. Best of Friends podcast where they do every episode of Friends. Love it. Dear Mr. Potter, Potterless, The Real Weird Sisters where they go every single chapter of Harry Potter. I love those types of podcasts where it's just like a deep, deep, deep dive. And I found one for just about everything. Veronica Mars, Twilight, Hunger Games, Buffy. There's one called Dusted for Buffy, which I love. And so I was constantly looking for one on the Lunar Chronicles thinking eventually there would be one. And so like once a month, maybe twice a month, I would like search Lunar Chronicles podcast, Marissa Meyer podcast, TLC podcast, like just over and over and over again. Never found anything. This went on for like well over two years. And at one point, my husband and I were on a walk. We go for a walk like almost every night. We'll walk like five miles and we just chit chat nonstop. And I told him, I was like, I'm, I looked again today and I still couldn't find one. And I'm starting to get really frustrated because I don't know why there's not one out there. And he was like, well, why don't you make one? And I was like, uh, okay, wait, I could make one. <laughs> and um, I just kind of ran with it after that. <laughs> so everybody thank Quentin. So it's Quentin's <laughs> fault. It's it's Quentin. Quentin gets the credit. It was his. It was his idea. He thought people would actually want to listen to me. So, so he made his bed. Now he has to lie in the fact that his wife is always busy. Oh, he loves it. He thinks I'm a rock star. That's so great. When I told him I got to twenty thousand followers, he or twenty thousand downloads, he was like, "Ooh, you famous girl." <laughs> So was it hard to start a podcast? How much do you work on it every week? Um, I've actually logged this because Becca and Ashley and I discussed this a long time ago before we started the Patreon. Between recording, editing, managing social media, writing and taking notes, updating schedules, keeping up to date with the website, Patreon, fan art, I probably spend about 30 hours a week on the podcast. So it is a lot of work. That is a lot of work. Yeah, especially now that I do like bonus episodes for the Patreon, so maybe even more now. Mm-hmm. But it's a labor of love because it's something that I enjoy doing. So there, there's definitely days where I'm like, okay, I need an extra cup of coffee because I have a lot to do today. But I would not do this podcast if I didn't love doing it. 
you don't spend 30 hours a week on something you don't love <laughs> if you don't <laughs> We would not have the podcast today and you and I would not be friends because you never would have made it as far as no. you would when I found the podcast. <laughs> That's true. So one of our first questions comes from Kaylee Joyce on Instagram. Okay. And she asks. Hi, Kaylee. <laughs> hey, Kaylee. <laughs> she asks, are you going to stop the podcast after we finish the Lunar Chronicles or will you do, do more Marissa Meyer books? If so, is there a possibility you will do the Renegades? And then Ava Grace Slobin says, I agree, Renegades, 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 Renegades. <laughs> so yes, for sure, definitely going to be doing the Renegades. I'm going to do everything written and published by Marissa. So I'm even going to do her short stories, which were published in uh, Because You Love to Hate Me and A Tyranny of Petticoats. She wrote short stories for those anthologies. We're going to do Heartless. We're going to do Renegades. We're going to do Instant Karma. We're going to do Gilded. And Marissa promised me I won't run out of material anytime soon. So everything that she writes, we will be doing. I'm even going to do the COVID-128 short story. Which was great. I loved it. (laughs) I loved it because it was just like it covered all of the different things that people did in the first part of like in the first quarantine. Absolutely. Never mind. I don't want to give spoilers, but I just love all of it. So. Yeah, we'll talk about it in two and a half years. Yeah. <laughs> I think Scarlet was probably my favorite like moment. It was just really great. Anyway, <laughs> distracted spoilers. We can't do that. So you sort of already asked answered this, but what does Quentin think of the podcast? He's so supportive, you guys. I love it. <laughs> uh, you guys don't know this, but he is like my eternal founding board. Um, for when I'm writing my own books, when I'm writing a paper, when I'm writing anything, when I'm working on the podcast or thinking about bonus episodes or what should I do for the Patreon, like it, anything I do or think it goes by him because my immediate thought is I need another opinion. (laughs) Where's my other person? (laughs) Um, but yeah, I think that's just so great. Here, hold on. We'll make him answer. Ooh, Quentin guest. Appearance. Of your time. So I'm doing, there's no camera, so don't freak out. <laughs> I'm doing an interview and they want to know what my husband thinks of the podcast and you are said husband. Sarah, say hello to Quentin. Hey, Quentin. Hello, Sarah. <laughs> so the listeners want to know, what do you think of this crazy podcast thing that your wife spends a full-time job every week on top of everything else she does doing? I think it's healthy for her to have a hobby that she enjoys. Mm-hmm. It's something that she can focus on and, you know, kind of pour her extra energy into. If you've met her at all, you know she has a lot of energy and we all need something to kind of push that out onto. So I think it's really healthy that she has something now, especially a podcast to focus on to do. Well, I'm sure we would all like to thank you for that fateful walk a year, two years ago when you were like, well, you should just make one. <laughs> I don't think he thought I was actually going to go and make a podcast. I think even after like the first couple episodes of recording, I think for sure somewhere in his head, he was like, I wonder how long this will last. I, like, I honestly knew the amount of effort that went into making a podcast or like YouTube videos and things like that. And I honestly thought after about three to four episodes, the amount of extra bullshit with not the immediate returns 
of yeah. like meeting people and everything else. I didn't think, I thought it was going to feel kind of defeating and she was going to give up mm-hmm. and she didn't, she's pushed through and she's definitely went well past that. So I think that's really nice. Well, she is quite famous. I was at a book event and Marissa Meyer was there. And in the chat, someone goes, oh, guys, Bethany from Prince Kai Fanbot is here. <laughs> Yeah. Rockstar. <laughs> and it was amazing. <laughs> yep. She definitely has a loyal set of followers. Okay. Definitely can't argue that. Yes, that is true. Well, thank you so much, Quentin. Mm-hmm. Have a nice day, Sarah. <laughs> Have a great day. <laughs> thank you, sir. By the way, the house smells delicious now. <laughs> is he making waffles? No, I don't know. Something with peppers. I can smell peppers and they smell really good. (laughs) Onions and peppers is one of the best things. Right? Especially if you toss in like potatoes. Yes. So that was Quentin Finger, everyone. Glad he could answer that question for you. (laughs) (laughs) He does exist. He is real. He does exist, I swear. (laughs) I have a friend who she lives out of state and she got married Oh, I don't know. It might even be three or four, five years ago. And I had never met her husband just because she lives so far and it had never worked out. And so they came to town for Thanksgiving and it was so funny because I was teasing her. I was like, I'm not sure I believe that he exists. <laughs> I will say if nothing else, I was not the talented vocal actor that did the amazing wolf demonic hybrid voice that made him famous. So that was definitely him. That is true. All right. So the book dragon 15 wants to know what your MBTI and Enneagram types are. So I actually took that test yesterday. Um, the Enneagram. I don't, I swear I can't say that one. And I am, well, okay, wait, I want you to guess what I am because everyone was shocked by what I was. And I was like, wait, what? That sounds exactly like me. So see, I don't think I can because I have never <laughs> taken the Enneagram. Um, so I am a two. Okay. What does a two mean? I should look. Uh, it up. Let's, let's get the actual definition. Fear of being unwanted. Yep. The helper is what it's called. Caring, a uh, generous, demonstrative people pleaser. Come on guys. <laughs> Basic fear of being unwanted, unworthy, basic mm-hmm. desire to feel loved. Um, so this sounds like Chris. <laughs> which is my spirit which animal. Which is your spirit animal. So <laughs> this seems appropriate. Oh, examples. Okay. So one of the popes, Eleanor Roosevelt, Nancy Reagan, Mary Kay Ash, Pavarotti. John Denver, Lionel Richie, Stevie Wonder, Barry Manilow, Dolly Parton, Josh Groban. I I can, like, to feel loved and to please people, I'm not surprised there are so many musicians on this list. Right. Um, (laughs) uh, I'm trying to find other fun, interesting ones. Dr. McCoy on Star Trek. Nice. All right. You are a type two. What about the MBTI? Now, I don't actually know what that one is. So MBTI personality? Yes. So it's 16 personality types. And there is, like, you are either introverted or extroverted. You are 
what do the N and the and then there's N, S, T, F, and J and T, I think. I like vaguely remember taking this one. I cannot for the life of me remember what I got. I wonder how long the test takes. I think it takes a while. Hi everyone. So after recording this episode, I did go online and take the Myers-Briggs and I am an INFJ hyphen T, which is apparently in advocate, which I'm looking at it. <laughs> um, I'm 79% introverted. I'm 58% intuitive. I'm 83% feeling that makes sense. I'm 88% judging. I didn't know that one, but I guess that applies to work planning and decision making. And I'm 92% turbulent, which shows that I'm confident in my abilities and decisions. Interesting. Um, So that is my Myers-Briggs, according to the test I took online. Okay, next question. I got distracted reading about my MBTI type. (laughs) (laughs) So the book dragon 15 also asks, we know you're a dog lover, but how do you feel about cats? I love cats. I love cats. Um, so the only reason we don't have cats is because my husband is allergic, but growing up we had cats and dogs and just all kinds of stuff. So definitely still a big cat lover. I also hate the concept that you either are a dog person or a cat person. I'm just an animal person. Mm-hmm. I think that that is true for more people. Like, I am mostly a dog person. I I don't, like, I enjoy the idea of cats. And I enjoy cats when they're there. But I want something that I can pet and love on and cuddle. And cats are just not that animal. That is fair. Um, that some is cats fair. are, but most for the most part, cats are just not that animal. And that's what I want out of a cat, so... That's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, there are some cats that are definitely like, there There are some cats that are like more affectionate than others and more yes, social yes. than others. But for, for me personally, growing up, we had kind of both. We had some cats where it was like, they never wanted to be anywhere near you. And then we had some cats where they were like always in your space. Um, so You know, I kind of got to have both worlds of that aspect. I had a cat growing up when I was a teenager, and she loved my grandmother who lived with us for a time. And just, she was, she loved her and she just tolerated the rest of us. And then my (laughs) grandmother moved into her own house. And I don't think my cat ever really adjusted to that. And then we had like family with dogs and when they would come visit the cat like was traumatized oh and so the vet was like she's depressed she needs prozac and we're like we're not buying (laughs) oh that's so funny (laughs) poor thing yes she was she yeah she was a cat in a in a dog lover's household which was Mm -hmm. problematic (laughs) problem with that too yeah. Um, <laughs> so how many sisters and how many dogs? How many sisters do I have and how many dogs yes. do I have? Yes. So I have um, three sisters by birth and then two by marriage. 
So my husband has a sister that gives me a sister-in-law. Um, and then my older sister is married. And so I have a sister through her as well um, because she's married to a lady. And I have two dogs. Ugh. And I'm only allowed to have two dogs. Aww. It is a sore subject. That is sad. <laughs> I just like, I just want all the dogs. <laughs> so you're a pack animal is what you're telling me. Yes, very much so. <laughs> so you have gone to school for and are going to school to become a librarian. Talk to us about why you decided you wanted to be a librarian. Lots of reasons. Growing up, I, as a reader, as a book dragon, as that type of person, um, the library was always like my my happy place, my safe space, a, a place I felt comfortable and connected and like I could really truly be myself there and yeah you find so much joy and and pain and love and connection when you're in the pages of a book when you're enveloped in a story and I always loved that aspect and and being a part of that world and when I was in junior high I spent two days in home ec and uh then got a call down to the office and they asked they said Mrs. Glenn needs a new library helper. She requested you, but you would have to give up home ec. And I was like, bye home ec. Um, (laughs) And so I did that my seventh grade year, my eighth grade year. And then all through high school, I was a library worker and I loved it. I love organizing things. I'm great at organizing. I love keeping things organized. I love the logistics of how things are arranged and organized and different methods for doing that. And so that's all the logistics side of librarianship that I enjoy. And then being a part of the libraries that I've been a part of in the past, I love other readers. And I think, especially as an adult now, there is nothing more joyful than seeing that moment with someone and their first book, that book that catches them, that book that hooks them and says, I'm a reader now, that book that makes them think, oh my God, what's next? Like, what's the next book I can read? Is this what I've been missing my whole life? Um, And so that's why I hope to be a school librarian so I can be a part of that process more often and hopefully encourage people to read at such a young age, especially at an age when there's so many other things to do besides reading your phone computer. (laughs) So I definitely, um, I'm definitely hopeful that in my career, I'll be able to enjoy some of those moments firsthand. I love that. I always loved libraries. It was one of my favorite places to be. If you were allowed to eat in the library, I probably (laughs) would have spent every single one period in the library. Um, So the library I did my internship at for my bachelor's degree, she was great. I loved her. Her name was Michelle. And she had what she called a munch bunch. And every lunch period, they could bring their lunch into the library and they would read an audio book together. So they would listen to a chapter while eating their lunch together. And then they would have chapter discussion. And so it was like this fun book club for kids that like couldn't handle the noise of the lunchroom or perhaps just didn't feel... Um, you know, accepted lunchrooms have that whole click table debacle thing going on. And yes, I hate lunchroom. And that's something I would love to implement if I, if and when I get the opportunity to be a school librarian, that's the type of thing I hope to be able to implement as well. Very cool. So um, describe each, oh, this, this comes from at D-O-R-C-T-H-E-A-U-S. 
don't know. Hi, that name. How they would say it. <laughs> could, I could make an attempt, but I should have asked how they wished I pronounced it. I'm terrible like that. So describe each of Marissa Meyer's books in one word. Oh. I love oh. this question. <laughs> Loved it. Okay, so Cinder, Sass. Yeah. Wait, books or character? You know what? Yeah. That works either way. Um, yeah. <laughs> two, adventure. Three, romance. Four, or 3.5, because it would, it would be Ferris next. Ferris would be intense. Winter. <laughs> um overwhelming stars above would be it's two words but i want to say fan service like that's what it is i mean yeah. she was like how can i make readers happy here you go see uh, i would have gone with fulfilling there there you go that's a good one fulfilling um the first wires and nerves would be um Maybe spotlight. Yeah. Because we finally get to have a spotlight on Ico. And then um, the second wires and nerves would be um, mm, magnificent. Heartless gut punch. <laughs> um, I've heard heartless described as heartbreaking. I mean, it is, right? But, like, there's so much more involved in it. It's just, like, a masterful storytelling device. Um, I haven't read it yet. I'm going to say Heartless is a masterpiece. Um, Renegades. Oh, I love Renegades. Okay, so Renegades, Arch Enemies, Supernova. Renegades would be war. Okay. Arch Enemies would be battle. Supernova would be finale. Okay. And then her short stories. Are we doing short stories too? Um, they just said books, so let's not do the short stories. Okay. <laughs> not everybody has read her short stories. That's fair, but they should because they're cute. Okay. I'm sure they are. <laughs> Ooh, that was stressful. I think it, nope, instant karma. We gotta do that one. Oh, instant karma. Ooh. Um, magnetic, because opposites attract, and it's also a a very engaging story. It is a very engaging story. I loved it. I wanted it to be twice as long. (laughs) It was one of the, I mean, there's lots of books that do this, but I definitely finished it and was like, I'm just going to start reading again. Yep. (laughs) I read it twice. I'm not going to lie. In, just right in a row. All right. So dream vacation location. Ooh. Assuming COVID not, like no COVID. Okay. <laughs> um, Should I take into consideration the fact that my husband is probably going with me and so it yes. should be something he also enjoys or is this just like Bethany completely gets her way? Um... <laughs> Let's do both. So let's do both. Okay. Yeah. So so Bethany gets her way. Maybe Quentin is busy and can't come. Oh. 
Um, probably Bethany. Canada. I would love to go and just wander Canada and go hiking and take pictures and see what it's like. Um, they have this thing in Canada where they're like courteous and kind and polite. And I would just love to be in that environment for a few hours. I think that would be great. Um, and then with the husband, Europe, but specifically Ireland, Romania, and Luxembourg. Okay. I I want to go to Ireland so bad. Yeah, Quentin is dying to go to Ireland, especially that Guinness uh, factory place yes. thing. So definitely would need to include that on the list. Um, and then... My family is Romanian. Quentin's family is Luxembourgish. So we've always had the desire to sort of go there and explore those areas as well. Yes. My family is Danish. And so Denmark is on my list. Yeah. It's very like, um, there's something very inviting about thinking about where you came from and getting to actually have a visual Mm -hmm. representation. Then of course, also getting to have a physical experience in that realm as well. Yes. So true. So I know the answer to this question, but not everybody might. Um, who is your favorite TLC ship? Uh, Cresswell. Of course. <laughs> if I if I had to pick a second, I would say Scarlet. Yeah. And Wolf. Um, there is just something so polarizing about the level of devotion that Wolf has for her. Yes. I mean, who doesn't want that, right? <laughs> yeah, it is frighteningly intense. Yeah. It is It is very intense. <laughs> um, Scarlet and Wolf are my second favorite ship. Kyder is my favorite ship. Oh. I love Sinner and Kai. Yeah. Which is why Stars Above is probably... I, I just love Stars Above. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> so your favorite Marissa Meyer ship. So all of the books, is it still Cresswell? Um, so all of the books, ooh. <laughs> well, I'm torn between a couple. Pro- probably Prudence and Quint. Yeah. Because I somehow managed to relate to both of them. Yes. Big animal lover, big overachiever. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously I'm not as abrasive as Prudence, um, or Quint for that matter. Um, but, um, definitely a, I'm a big overachiever and a big animal lover. So I was able to relate to both of those characters on a very real level. Yeah. So yeah, that would probably be number two. I related to Prudence in a frighteningly way, frightening way. <laughs> um. It's like all the bad things we keep to ourselves in our head. Yes. And now we get them in Prudence's perspective. Yes. <laughs> so what was your most recent book purchase? Oh, my goodness. So the bookshop that I used to work at, um, I don't work there anymore because COVID is mean. Um, they just got a bunch of young adult books. And so my former boss like texted a picture to me. And she was like, do you want any of these? And I was like, yes. And I like told her to put aside like five of them. So recently I got um, My Plain Jane, The Bells, Rebel of the Sands, Wild Beauty, and Truly Devious. Man. I feel like there's another one. Oh, Eve of Man. Eve of Man was also in there. Yeah. 
I is such <laughs> this literally happened yesterday. <laughs> it is such a good thing that I don't live in a town that has a. I mean, we we have a used bookshop, but it's just okay. Its selection is really weird and really inconsistent, and so you go and you like can't really find anything. Like, yeah, with used books, you're um, you're at the mercy of whatever people. Uh, bring to you yes um so that this bookshop that I used to work at the Southern Bound Bookshop in Biloxi Mississippi it it is also a victim of that so whenever you know books come in sometimes you might get one three and four in a series and you just have to kind of wait for twosies (laughs) yeah see this one doesn't even get like one three and four in a series like they it's East Asian philosophy because I live in a college town and so, mm-hmm. because someone wrote their dissertation 20 years ago on East Asian philosophy <laughs> and is getting rid of their books. And for sure, for sure. There's definitely so, lots of those and then like 9 million cookbooks and um, yes. stuff like that. So, yeah. yeah, that's why young adult actually doesn't get a lot of traffic in used bookstores because we're not the type of people to part with our books. We don't read it and then give it away. So whenever there's lots of good ones that come in, she always texts me a picture. She's like, do you need any of these? Because you never know. I worked there for over a year and not once in that year did anyone ever bring in a Marissa Meyer book. Because they're going to keep them because they're amazing. Exactly. You reread that stuff and now you can read it with the podcast and look for Easter eggs. (laughs) Yes. And it's amazing. (laughs) So how many books do you have in your to be read pile? Oh God, I have no idea. Um, what, wait, wait, wait. I have a Goodreads. Let me, in addition to what's in my room, I have a Goodreads account. So we can start with what's on Goodreads. Yeah. So my want to read on Goodreads is 521. <laughs> um, and I don't think that includes everything in my room. I'm going to ballpark it at about 600. It might be more. Um, but I'm going to ballpark it at around 600, but it's, it's probably more, but I'm not one of those people that has like a spreadsheet. Yeah. You, that's, that's kind of surprising. It is. It seems very in character for me to have like a massive spreadsheet. Um, but I, and I kind of want to, but I just haven't done it yet. Um, I mean, you've got the time. (laughs) I mean, theoretically I could make the time, right? Like. But I'm I'm on break right now from school, and I'm spending a lot of my time working on my novel and recording bonus episodes. So, um, yeah. As a around six hundred, but I feel like that's probably not as high as it actually. I feel like it's more than that. Yeah. As a loyal listener, I would rather you spend time working on bonus episodes. (laughs) (laughs) I did convince which I'm sure everyone's really excited about on Patreon. I did convince the husband to do a bonus episode with me. It won't come out until summer, but he's going to do a Wally episode with me. So that's exciting. You guys have that to look forward to. Unless we get, if we get to 50 Patreon members, I'll start doing two bonus episodes a month, in which case you'll get it much sooner. (laughs) Man, Bethany, you might need to start doing three chapters an episode. (laughs) (laughs) I, you know, I've had a lot of people who've been like, why don't you do like, five chapters an episode or 10 and I'm like you know there are some times when we do one chapter an episode and it's still like three hours long yes 
And I've definitely had people who've messaged me and been like, hey, I know you guys went really into depth, but I, I really wish you would have spent more time on this paragraph. <laughs> this is the most in-depth podcast you are going to find on Marissa Meyer. Yes. And it is still not enough sometimes. So um, I don't think we've ever done more than two chapters. I, I know. I don't think you have. I schedule because I may because I am crazy, right? Um, I did the schedule for Heartless. Most of Heartless is going to be three chapters an episode because of how the chapters are split up. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when we get to Heartless in two years, we'll do that. See, I am waiting to read Heartless. And I might wait until you do it on the podcast. I'm not sure. Ooh, that would be interesting for you. Yeah. We will see. I'm sure once I start reading it, I'm not going to be able to wait for you to do the whole podcast. I think um, I think it's going to take six months. I think when I looked at the schedule, it was six months for for Heartless. Yeah, I'm a person who will, like, I do a book in, like, maybe a day or a weekend. Right. So that's, sure. that's life of not having kids, right? For sure. Like, so we'll start Heartless in February of 2023, and we'll finish it in July of 2023. So... Um, it's, it's right. It's just about six months. Yeah. I'm, I'm very excited about it. <laughs> so what do you plan to read next? Uh, I personally plan to read the Cruel Prince series, which was requested by uh, Patreon member Morgan. Um, and then after that, I, I think I'm going to read the Glittering Court series. Um, and then I don't know. We will see. I sometimes have trouble choosing. And so I make the husband choose and he's a very like cover driven person. So uh -huh. <laughs> I present him with books and he's like, this cover looks pretty. So <laughs> <laughs> what are you reading right now? So right now I am actually reading a bed of roses by Nora Roberts. Um, I needed a fantasy break. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've been reading pretty much nonstop fantasy and drama for several months now, and I felt like I needed a um, like a like a light, carefree type of book. Yeah. Um, and this is this and Savor the Moment by Nora Roberts are my two favorite books by her. They're very light and carefree. It's kind of like watching a two-hour Hallmark movie, you know. Yep. Um, and uh, so that's that's what I'm working on right now. I felt like I really needed a palate cleanser. So I'm making my way through that series. There's four books in that series. Um, I'm probably going to finish all four books in a week. But it's, it's nice to have a mix up sometimes. Get out of that fantasy realm for a little while. Contemporary books are my palate cleanser. Yeah, this is a contemporary series. Um, yeah. and, and I definitely agree. Those are definitely a way to... Because also I just finished... Um, the Timeless Fairy Tale series by K.M. Shea, which is yes. 11 books. They all take place in the same continent. They all have like an overarching storyline. So like from book one to book 11, there's still stuff going on. Um, and I think it's great. It's a wonderful series. I definitely recommend it, but it's very all encompassing. I mean, there's 11 books. So uh, I definitely felt like I needed like a pull away from fantasy for a little bit what is the best place you have ever visited who the best place like location yeah best vacation best trip 
Ooh, my husband and I a few years ago drove to South Dakota and saw Crazy Horse and Mount Rushmore, which were great. But what was really beautiful was they had this amazing hiking trail that went through the mountains and there was like a babbling brook and a creek and a waterfall and little rocks everywhere and pebbles and it smelled like fresh pine cone. Oh, it was beautiful. I loved it. Um, So that for sure, I would go back there any day and build me a cottage in the middle of that and I'll just live there forever. <laughs> you and your books, right? You and my books, my dogs, Quentin can come. <laughs> So what is the weirdest book you ever read? The weirdest book I ever read. Who are we including like childhood books? Um, no, I would say just let's limit it to YA or new adult, adult books kind of. New adult. and Okay. Um, weirdest book. There's definitely books I've gotten been reading that and been like, what just happened? Off the top of my head, it would be Witch Witch. Witch Witch by Ava Ibotson, um, which is actually a middle grade book. But I will give you like a quick summary. Deciding that he must sire a child to carry on his tradition of loathing light. (laughs) Lighting the beautiful, the great wizard Aramon announces a competition among the witches of Todd Coaster, one of whom he will marry. Um, So basically, bad guy needs wife so he can have baby. So he has a bachelor competition. (laughs) (laughs) It's only like 230 pages. It's definitely middle grade, like fifth to ninth grade level. Yeah. But it's a very weird story. I, I still kind of, I, I never got rid of it, so I must have decided it was worth keeping for some reason. But I definitely remember being like, what did I just read? That's so funny. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's like a YA book that's popular that I thought was strange that other people enjoyed. But like, does just not click for me, you know? Yeah. Did you ever read Paper Towns by John Green? I've actually never read anything by John Green. <laughs> so... They're, just, I've, not, they're not like an active choice. I'm not like anti-John Green. I just like yeah. haven't gotten around to it yet. So The Fault in Our Stars is great. It's heavy, of course. I, I Honestly, I've avoided reading that because it just seems like extremely depressing. Yeah. I do have it. Someone bought it for me a few years ago as a present. And they were like, oh, I think you'd love this. And I like read the back and I was like, oh, my God, I so don't want to read this. Yeah. Like, um, I'm depressed just thinking about it. Yeah. Paper Towns was weird. Get, get out of it and you're like what like none of the characters are likable um you know what i have a better one the abandoned series by meg cabot yes i love meg cabot i actually really enjoy that series but it's very weird it's very strange it's very peculiar um leah from ya book chat and i read it together yeah as like a like a group thing where we were like messaging each other every five seconds. Um, and we both had experiences of like, what? A lot. So that was definitely a very strange series. It might be better on a reread, but uh, the first time going through, it was very weird. And that is a young adult book. So young adult contemporary fantasy. So yeah. One of the weirdest books I've read recently is Chosen Ones by Veronica Roth. Okay. I have not read that. So it takes place. Um, 
I'm not going to give you any spoilers. Um, <laughs> I hope not. But so it's an it's her first adult fiction. Um, and it takes place about 10 years after this world ending battle and event. And you had people who were teenagers who saved the world at that time. And so this is them 10 years later and them dealing with their issues and some other things come up. One of them dies. Um, and it's that story. And it was so interesting. It was very odd to wrap your brain around that something had happened 10 years ago and you didn't get that story. <laughs> and it was it was a very interesting com- concept. It was odd. And the way it was written was very interesting as well because you've got the like actual story and then interspersed amongst it, you have... Um, basically newspaper articles and academic like papers and things written about the event that had happened. And so it was just, it was very interesting, but also odd. (laughs) I mean, I like things that are odd and peculiar. I like when books take unexpected turns or tell a story that's unique or uniquely inspired, like Miss Peregrine's, home for peculiar children. I love the origin story. I love the, the author has said how he was inspired to write the book. I thought that was beautiful. So I love when stories are, are just in general, like in a general sense, kind of unusual, but not in a way of like, this is an unusual story, but more in a way of like, I haven't heard a story like this before. I haven't experienced this type of storytelling before. So I'm, I, I feel like every book has a weirdness to it. Yeah. But for sure, that was one where I was like, I was definitely, definitely questioning my choices when reading it. (laughs) (laughs) Hey guys, my name's Abby and I co-host the Book Life podcast with my best friend, Mo. We cover fantasy, sci-fi, and historical fiction books and talk book-related topics like our favorite character types, world building, and books versus their movies. New episodes drop every Monday on your favorite platform. Now, back to your show. Um, worst book you've ever read. Ooh. Ooh, so many. Oh, God, everyone's going to hate me, but I'm going to say Night Circus. I... <laughs> I think it's probably better on a second read. Um, but the first time I went through it, it was a struggle to get through at all. And by the time I got to the end, I was just so happy I could say that I was done with it that I didn't even care about the story itself. Yeah, I have had I have Night Circus and I've had it for a while, but I've never read it because every time I start, I get like two pages in and I'm just like, I'd rather read something else. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how I was. Um, yeah. Yeah, I... I can't think of anything that I I enjoyed less than reading that, but that was definitely. Yeah. I do have a book that I enjoyed reading less. So I won a giveaway and got an advanced reader copy of a book that, and so I read it and it was terrible. Bethany, it was, it was so badly told and written and everything. And I was like, seriously, this book is getting published. Um, (laughs) 
And now that just worries me because, of course, I want my book to get published someday. And I feel like I'm just going to be like, how did this one get published? Yes. Like- <laughs> yes. That's how I felt because I have also written a novel. And I'm like, well, this makes me feel a lot better about mine that it's actually <laughs> trashed. But it was such this, like, moment because the author, like, sent me the book because I won the giveaway on another author's page. And in the note, she's like, hey, if you wanted to leave a review, you know, you know that's valuable. And I'm like, I don't think you want me to. Because <laughs> I was like, I don't even. And and I was trying to come up with something positive to say about this book. And Bethany, I couldn't come up with anything. I, I will say for me personally, I pretty much give everything I read on Goodreads a five star. If I finish the book and I feel happy that I finished the book and that I enjoyed the story, it gets five stars. Yeah. For several reasons. Because obviously I'm not going to – if you told me, like, which is better, Twilight or Lunar Chronicles, don't insult me. We know it's Lunar Chronicles. Yes. But I would still give both of them five stars because I, as a person reading those books, enjoyed the experience of reading them. Yes. And that, to me, is all that it needs. I – they're – are there books that have like, you know, maybe the writing is not as good as others? Duh. Do things have plot holes? Of course. Are there problematic concerns? Definitely. You can't please everybody. It's it's incredibly easy to be unintentionally offensive. So, yes, there are problematic issues in every story, most of the time without intention of being malicious, but it just happens. But like... I don't think I've ever given a bad star review, even on Goodreads, just because, like, I know how detrimental that would be for that author. Especially because, like, as a podcaster, I know that, like, if I even get one person that gives me a one-star rating, someone is going to be like, oh, somebody hated that. I'm not checking it out. Even if I have a thousand that say five stars, there's going to be someone out there. My And I know this because this is how my husband is. He'll look on Amazon, and Amazon will have, like, 5,000 five-star reviews and it'll have like one one one-star review and he's like well all right guess we're not getting that like (laughs) so I know that there's people out there that will see those things and immediately be turned away and so I don't want to be the person that does that yeah that's ultimately like I didn't review this book and (laughs) so I kept it because I have a few other friends who are avid readers and I'm like okay you have to read this book because it's so bad like I think Perhaps that's the reason that um, Ashley, my former co-host, is my like favorite beta reader in the world. She reads everything I write. One, anyone who's listened to her episodes on the podcast knows she reads incredibly fast. It's a very big skill yes. set that she has. Um, but two, she's incredibly honest. Without, And she knows how sensitive I am. She doesn't care if she hurts my feelings. Yeah. She would rather give me an honest... Uh, answer and so I I usually have her read my stuff because she's gonna tell me like hey that is not good character growth or hey this is problematic I don't think you thought of it but it could be problematic because of this or something like people might read it and be like hey that's a good story good job and that's beautiful please give me compliments I love them but I do need someone who's also willing to be like hey you know these are some concerning issues that you should address um and so Ashley's the perfect beta reader for that. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have a favorite fictional couple? Besides Cresswell? <laughs> Besides Cresswell, yes. Besides Cresswell. 
Does it have to be young adult? No. Okay, then the couple from Emily Giffen's Something Blue, Ethan and Darcy. I love them. Okay. So, favorite movie? 2005 Pride and Prejudice. Okay. Favorite TV show? Friends. (laughs) I don't know why I wasn't expecting that answer, but I should have been. You really should have. (laughs) I don't understand. It's like I don't know you well. For sure, it's friends. (laughs) If you could live anywhere, where would you live? Um... Canada. It's really pretty. They treat librarians really well, and there's like a bajillion libraries there. Your husband should have picked a different career if you want to move to Canada. <laughs> We've still discussed it after this career is over, so. Because <laughs> my thing was like, I followed you yeah. everywhere the military took us for 20 years. So if I want to go to Canada. <laughs> um, favorite Disney princess. Rapunzel. Aww. Favorite Disney prince. Does it have to be a prince? Because it's no, Flynn Rider. <laughs> Male protagonist is Flynn Rider. Flynn Rider, man. For sure. I love Flynn Rider. I do too. He just, and of course, he was voiced by Zachary Levi, who is a treasure. Yeah, he is. And I I love him and Mandy more. And I love that they do the Tangled series because it's adorable. Yes. Um, Wonderful. I haven't finished the series yet. I haven't either. I'm still in the first season, but every time I watch it, it makes me happy. Yeah. Somehow I'm sad that I'm going to finish it. And so I'm like, I don't want to finish it because then I'm going to be sad that I've finished it. Well, when I finish it, Sumaya and I, Patreon member Sumaya and I are going to do a bonus episode on it. But I think it's definitely going to continue to be watched at this house, even once I finish it. We'll just start. It'll be like Friends. It's just always on. Yes. (laughs) (sighs) What do you wish people knew about you? Ooh. Probably just that I do my best. Mm -hmm. I try really hard. (laughs) Um, I always feel bad when people say they don't like something about the podcast or that they don't uh, like something that we've done with the podcast. And I'm always, I just want them to know that I, I do my very best to make it sound good, to make the content good, to find good guest stars and come up with great topics and discussion points for the books. And so if there's something you don't like, um, just tell me because I am very open to communication. You can message me. I, I'm that person. I will message you back. I get that a lot where people are like, oh my God, I can't believe you emailed me back. And I'm like, what? Of course I did. <laughs> like, what would you rather I do? Well, no, but I've been there. Even now I've messaged authors or other podcasters and they've never gotten back to me. And I can see that stupid scene button on Instagram. So I totally get it that they're like, oh, she messaged back. This is so cool. But like, I really, I will message you back. I'm a, I'm a pretty decent person. I like to think so. Huh. Um, what do you wish people knew about the podcast? That it's a really good and that Marissa supports it. So, so should you. <laughs> If Marissa supports it, you should at least give it a try. (laughs) Yes. Yes. All right. So we are going to end as, as is appropriate with 
Marissa Myers questions from her <laughs> writer. <sighs> okay, so what books make you happy? Something Blue by Emily Giffen. Okay. How do you fill the creative well? I talk to my husband. <laughs> I'm like, let's go for a walk. And then I just bounce ideas off of him for like two hours. Oh, that's such a good, like, I love getting to hear about your and Quentin's marriage. <laughs> because I just think that it's such a great example of, because, you know, a lot of people are like, you should never get married young, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yes. He did, he did get married young. I was 22 when he proposed. Yeah. That's young for a lot of people. It is. And you've been together for a long time. And so a lot of people are like, no, that's terrible. But if it's like, if you grow together and if you attack life as a team, it can also be really beautiful. And I love that. I think one of the things that makes our relationship work is that we were friends first. And so the love came later. And so even now as people who love each other and, you know, walk the earth together, we are partners in all things, but first and foremost, it's still that friendship aspect. Um, and so, you know, in a very real way, he is my best friend. And it's it's just good to have a friendship within your relationship. For us, that's what works, is just being able to to talk to each other. I already told him that, I, I already told him, I, I, I know who I'm dedicating my book to, so I can't give him that. It's important to me, but... Um, he's gonna in the he'll definitely get a blurb in the acknowledgments of like my forever sounding board. <laughs> Aw, that's so fun. <laughs> <sighs> All right, so the best piece of advice you would give your listeners? Just try to find a way to advocate for yourself. It took me a very long time to learn how to do that in in work, in friendships, in relationships. Don't accept anything less than what you deserve. Um, and that's something I'm still learning. So I know it's hard, but there are definitely, I mean, there's even stuff Quentin did when we were younger that I would so not tolerate now. So (laughs) it's a learning process. The older you get, the more you realize you don't have a lot of time on this earth and you shouldn't spend it worrying about people who don't care about you. Um, and I'm definitely still someone who does that. I mean, I'm a complete wreck when someone gives a bad review on the podcast. I call Ashley and Becca and just ball my eyes out. But, you know, it, it it's important to learn how to advocate for yourself and how to say, hey, you're my friend and I love you and I want you in my life, but please don't treat me that way. And you need to be able to say that to your friends, to your family, to your coworkers, to your partner, your dog. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Bethany, you're amazing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and that is all of my questions for our yes. fantastic interview today. This was a lot of fun. It was very nerve wracking, but it was a lot of fun. I didn't throw you for a complete loop. No, I was just like nervous about my responses. <laughs> I was like, I hope I have good things to reply with. <laughs> well, I think you did great. Because also this is a bonus episode. So this is coming out Christmas Day. So really? happy, happy Christmas and happy and, Christmas. And, and Kwanzaa and every and Yule, happy Yule to Ashley. And yes, I'm very sorry because I don't know all of the holidays that take place in this time frame, but happy holiday for you and, and your family and what you celebrate. Yes.
Well, thank you so much, Bethany, for letting my idea become this fantastic podcast. Oh, I think it was so much fun. I'm, I'm so surprised people had that many questions and care that much about me. <laughs> people want to know. They like you. Or they honestly, truly, Bethany, like the podcast would not do as well as it did if you were not such a good host. Thank you. I think that's what I love most about the Patreon is I feel like I have so many friends that I never would have been able to connect with outside of doing something like this. And not even just me, like we just had a Zoom meeting the other night where you found a kindred spirit. Yes, someone else who is a bit anti-thorn in her yes. life. I was so happy. I was like, oh, is Sarah coming to this meeting? Like, <laughs> I am not the only one that wants him to be held accountable for his behavior. Yes, I love it. I love it. I was so happy when she said that. I was like, oh, I hope Sarah shows up tonight because she will be so thrilled. I will be so happy that she has a bestie now. <laughs> yes. We were the Discord chat, actually, while we were recording just now. Um, <laughs> someone asked. They're like, are we cancel? Why are we canceling Thorn? I mean, let's do it for a specific reason. I think he has a bunch of character growth that makes him a better person. And she responded, she goes, don't worry about that. I just love to bully him. He's actually my favorite <laughs> character, but I can only show my love through insults. Oh, I love it. I and love the response it. was that that's mood. And I said, or a <laughs> in my case. Oh, I love the Patreon so much. Yes. Yeah. It is really, really fun. So how how about that for my question for you? What do you like about being, about the podcast? You liked the podcast enough that you joined Patreon. What made you enjoy it that much that you felt like you wanted to support it more? So I had, I was never into podcasts. Like your podcast is the first one I've really listened to consistently. I mean, Megan O. Russell, who is an author that I love and she's. Oh, I adore her. She's brilliant. Her podcast is so good. I love her podcast. Um, But her podcast is like 15 minute episodes, which made it easy for me to be like, I can consume this. Yeah, that's like very digestible. Yes. Three hours. Yours (laughs) Yours are a commitment. And (laughs) I joined it and you were like, get stickers, join the Patreon. It's only a dollar. And I was like, I like what she's doing. I'll join for a dollar. Then you got stickers. Yay. Yes. And I got stickers. And then it like, it's this just really great community of people who come together and enjoy talking about these books. And it's so interesting And I mean, I'm a single person, right? Like I don't have kids. I don't have, you know, a significant other. And so it's really fun to be able to have more people that I get to interact with outside of my own friendships. Mm -hmm. And so that's fun. And and now we have a secret Santa. I know. Wasn't that fun? I'm also going to do a secret Cupid when we get to Valentine's Day. My secret Santa has not gotten her gift yet. Either, but I'm hoping it gets to her soon. Yeah, mine is going to be delivered sometime between tomorrow and Christmas Eve. (laughs) (laughs) The post office is doing their best, you guys. Yes, yes. It will get there, and I am certain (laughs) it will get there. Um, But I also, like, so what she got, I also got for myself. (laughs) 
Oh, exciting. But because I loved it so much. But I feel like I can't post a picture of this cool thing that I got. <laughs> Until she gets hers. <laughs> Until she gets hers and opens hers. So true. And so I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just wait. I'll just wait. And then, of course, the Happy Writer podcast contest this month is like a picture of a bookish item. And I'm like, yeah. I want to post a picture of this bookish item, but I can't. <laughs> You still have time. You have until the 31st, right? Yes. Yes. That's my plan is I am going to make sure that she gets it and then (laughs) I can post it. (laughs) (laughs) But and so now like your podcast is not the only one I listen to and follow. Like I follow Marissa's. Yeah. I follow Marissa's and then also um YA book chat. I love Leah. Yeah, big fan of that one. I what I one thing I love about that one is that she covers books that like I think would be interesting, but that I don't like. They won't go on my to be read because there's too many other things I would rather read more. <laughs> Fair and enough. So I get to you listen get the information you need. Yeah, so I get to listen to her discussion and be like, okay, so that's what that book is. <laughs> And then I can decide if I really want to read it or not. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. So there are a few of her episodes that I won't listen to because it's books I know I want to read. So you haven't listened to her episode with me about Heartless? No, I have not. Okay. I was her first ever guest. You were. And I think she was pretty much my first, like, podcasting friend. Um, And now... We're not like partners. Like I don't work on her podcast. She doesn't work on mine. But like we, anyone who listens to my podcast, you know, she has a commercial that I play. And yes, I have a commercial that she plays on her podcast and we email each other and share ideas. And it's just been a very supportive relationship. We both support each other on Patreon (laughs) just for the purpose of supporting each other. Yes. So, and then I'm also like I haven't listened to any of it yet, but the of slippers and spindles. Oh, I adore I, them. I really loved when they were on your podcast. And so I'm like I'm going to need to listen to this one. And so <laughs> you were the my gateway into a problem with podcasts. I adore them and they have such a lovely podcast. I love the concept of like, we're just going to talk about fairy tales all the time. And it's like, yes. Okay. I'm here for it. Yes. <sighs> well, thank you for being a Patreon member because it means a lot to me. And I appreciate all of your honesty with Thorne because I do feel like we give him a pass with just because we like him and someone should hold him accountable. <laughs> well, we're, I- we're very bad people. We're like, he's hot. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> But I think that that is something that fiction teaches young women to do with men. Yes. Is to, if they're more attractive, they can get away with more things. And that's dangerous. Now, Thorne has this wonderful arc and he figures out that there are things that are more important to him than just himself. And And we're already starting to see that. Yes, we're Mm -hmm. already starting to see that. You know, we see that the moment that Cress gets taken and he's like, I rate that they are talking about her in terms of how much money she is worth. 
Oh, I think we see it before that. I think we see it when he saves Cinder. I think we do. I think we do. I think he he decides to like turn Cinder back on instead of being like, I'm going to give her, you know, as soon as he finds out she's Celine and he doesn't go, I'm turning her in to get the money. Like that's part of that growth. That's part of that change in him because, you know, pre book Thorn would have been like, Ooh, there's so much money involved in this. Like, yes, that would have been his only ambition in line with it at all. Yeah. And so I think I think that we get to see that. And I hope it's not too much of a spoiler, but I think he probably has the most character development throughout the entire series. I think he does. I wish we got more of it. Like he develops as part of the story, but we don't get to like it happens, but it's not necessarily the story. Yeah. And so I kind of wish it was a story. But it would also completely change the Lunar Chronicles. Like the Lunar really Chronicles would. is a story about five women who are phenomenally strong and diverse and exciting and who get things done and who are complicated and scared. And I think that that's really beautiful. And if we spent any more time exploring the growth of the men in the series, it would be a completely different series. I completely agree. And, but at the same time, I also kind of wish we got more Kai and I wish we got a little bit more of Thorn becoming a better person. I think with the Lunar Chronicles, you you hit the nail on the head right there. Like name another seven book series that is all about different types of strong women and the journeys that they go through and their hero's journey and how their hero's journey not only influences the world, but changes the entire universe. Like, I'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of another series that does that with the, with so many female characters. Yes. And I think that that is a fantastic aspect of this series and of Marissa Meyer as a whole. Like, Renegades, Nova's story is deeply intriguing. And challenging. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we won't get too many spoilers away, but Nova is a challenging character because she challenges us to question what is morally right versus what we are told is morally right. And what is truly important to us. Yes. And I think that is a very important lesson to learn at any age. Mm-hmm. And one thing I love, again, no spoilers, one thing I love about Nova is that we get this moment of, like, what she feels is important and what she's been told her whole life is important. Mm-hmm. And there's this dissonance in what she's experiencing. And she doesn't really know what to do about it. And then she makes some decisions and there becomes a moment where she is like, okay, this is wrong and I can see that and I can make the decision for myself that this is wrong. Yeah. And I really love that moment of she's like, okay, I was okay with all of these things. I'm not okay with this. And being, you know, like accepting the idea that you can change your path and you can say, Hey, all of these decisions I've made up until now were leading me in this direction. It's okay for me to stop and say, I'm going in a different direction from today on. And again, that's something that we see without the throughout the Lunar Chronicles series as well. And the entire concept of like, it's okay to question authority. It's okay to change your mind. It's okay to 
question the wisdom that came before you. Yeah. Like kind of with the cyborg draft and the, the cyborg protection act and things like that. Mm-hmm. It's okay to revisit those historical obstacles that we faced in the past and say, did we handle this correctly? Is this still the most beneficial for everyone involved path that we can take? Like, that's one of the greatest things about this series. And that's why it's so great to have this series and Marissa mm-hmm. Meyer as an author in general, because it's important for people of any age or gender or background to be able to see a world where it's okay to do those things and know that that also applies to the world that they live in. Yeah. Um, that's, I think that's one of the things that the Lunar Chronicles doesn't often get talked about is how often it discusses things like prejudice mm-hmm. and, um, you know, like for example, in Scarlet, when Scarlet makes the comment, um, she's like, I can't believe I let you touch me about Wolf. Like, that's such a, like, xenophobic statement because it's when she finds out he's lunar and she's like, I can't even believe I let you touch me. And here well, we have- part of it is also, like, yes. he tricked her. Yes, that is also part of she it. She thought they were, like, falling in love and then found out that he tricked her. Yes, that is part of it. Um, but, like, this... And I think that it's so interesting that you have these characters, you know, like Cinder makes comments about how well they are so terrible about Lunars. Calls them savages at one point. Yes. And so you have these characters that we love and who are heroes and who are, you know, like the ones we're supposed to root for. And they're making these statements that out of context and in context are really horrible. Mm-hmm. about other people and it's this it's so interesting to me that you get to witness their growth and then you have this moment um where marissa meyer made the choice like Iko finds out cinder is lunar but it doesn't change what she says about lunars as a whole <laughs> nope it just changes how she feels about cinder in particular which is a stage like it's this these stages that all of us go through in our own growth from our own personal internalized racism moments. Mm -hmm. Or just prejudice in general. Yeah. Prejudice in general, not just racism, but like we all have these moments where we meet someone and we're like, well, it's probably still true for everybody else, but obviously not for you. Right. (laughs) You know, like you have that personal growth journey and I just, love it it's fantastic like what you see and you see kai has been taking his thoughts about cyborgs for granted his entire life Mm -hmm. he's never once questioned it why would he yeah and then he meets someone and he's like wait a minute she's a person who is cyborg she's not a cyborg who is a girl like she's a girl first yeah she's a person first And that is a beautiful growth pattern for him. We see that with all of them when they're in Farafra and they see the town of Lunars and Earthens who have managed to coexist quite happily. Yes. Is that they can see that not all Lunars are enjoying this lavish lifestyle that Lavana and her cronies get to have. Yes. For sure. And that's why we have so much to look forward to. Yes, so much to look forward to. <laughs> um, and we also get to see, 
Another really important journey, I think, for young women that Cinder gets to go on is she grows out of this person that has a huge amount of self-hatred and disgust about who she is and herself. And she grows into someone who can accept herself. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's beautiful. That is beautiful. So I could gush about Marissa Meyer (laughs) so much. I could too. That's why I have a podcast where I get to. Yes. <laughs> yes. And that's why I love being a guest on the podcast. So I get thank to. Thank you for coming. Yes, this was great. I really appreciated this. And thank you to everyone who submitted questions. I hope that I answered them appropriately. And feel free to message more if you have any questions. I'll answer. <laughs> I'm a pretty open book for the most part. Yes, you truly are. Well, I guess we can't say, should we still say don't get glamored? How about instead of that, we say that we are very excited for 2021 and that we are very hopeful. Yes. There's a lot to be hopeful for in the future. And I hope everyone considers going on Patreon and giving it a go. You know, like Sarah said, the first month is free and it's only a dollar. So plenty of time to decide if you don't like it. But I, I like to think everybody has a little bit of something there to look forward to. I think so. I think so. Thank you very much for coming. I hope you have a lovely holiday. I hope you have a wonderful holiday as well. Be safe. You as well. Don't get corona. (laughs) Don't get corona. That that should be the sign off for 2020. (laughs) Try not to get corona. Yeah. And, And if you do, we will be thinking of you. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. Keep your distance. Keep yourself in good cardiovascular health. (laughs) bye bye this episode is hosted and produced by bethany finger today's special guest was patreon member sarah with a special appearance from quentin finger the intro outro music was composed by emma pavo and the logo art was created by angel wong thank you for listening and happy holidays